Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. I am so excited to welcome to our show today, Julie Schur. She identifies as a member of the LGBTQIA community and their pronouns are she, they. Welcome, Julie. It is so nice to have you on the show today. Hey, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. So Julie identifies as somebody as the queer community. So as I usually do, tell me a little bit about your queer story, Julie. Um, well, uh, to avoid a ton of editing, just to let you know, um, I now identify as non- non-binary. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that I'm just, I'm Julie. Um, so that fits me best. I, I've always felt that I'm, I'm Julie. It's, I've never really had a word for it until now. So um, to, for the background, uh, I was raised in a super, super conservative evangelical household. There was a lot of misinformation, a lot of doubting science, et cetera. And as I was explaining to you before, uh, before um, I actually realized I was gay when someone in a classroom, when I was 13, I didn't know what the word meant because I was so sheltered. Um, some kids were making fun of the village people and they defined gay and they were making fun of it, but I heard it and I just remember that moment is stuck in my head. Like I had an out of body experience because for me, um, my life kind of ended that moment uh, because the way I was raised, I thought, oh no, that's that's what's different about me. And this is terrible. I mean, at that moment, you know, I knew, I didn't know any better. Um, right. So, you know, from there, I fought it for a long time and then mm-hmm. I embraced it. And, you know, I... Uh, especially in college, I embraced it. You know, you're kind of freed from that environment. Um, I met, you know, like-minded people and I started advocating, you know, for the community more, getting involved, um, you know, just being myself and, you know, I'm still evolving, you know, um, identified as a lesbian for a very long time. I mean, I still only date women. I, I didn't, I didn't really, I think we all go through the growth process until the day we die. And yeah, absolutely. I, I love that about myself. And I love that about the people I know. Um, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Uh, but well, I, I identify with that because, you know, I also work with people coming out later in life. And I find that, you know, so for some people, it it's, you know, it's sexual orientation. But for other people, as they it's like almost as they expand, they realize that it's more about gender for them. So non-binary feels very comfortable for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and so I, I like, it's like, it's so funny because when I talk to my wife about gender, she's like, I just don't really get it. And I say, you don't have to get it. You just have to accept it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. have to get it. You don't have to like inherently 
a straight person's never going to understand what it feels like to be queer. They just won't. And they just have to accept that my vote, my emotions, my feelings are valid. And that's it. That's all they have to do. They can go on and live their life. (laughs) And um, so uh, she and and so she really struggles with that, but she's very accepting of people, you know, and so it's been quite a journey. And I totally agree with you, Julie. Like I, you know, I just keep expanding and growing. And like, I really sometimes am like, gosh, I want to be done. But damn it. I feel the same. I feel the same. (laughs) Difficult growth is growth is a painful process sometimes, but then you just keep reaching new good, new good, you know, um, something someone said the other day is you should, um, that I heard, um, I don't remember where it was, but you should not like strive to have no problems, but just strive to have good problems. And I feel like, like growth is a good problem. Like, you know, it's a good problem. So I'm trying to look at life that's actually a great quote i might steal it and put it on social media oh, yeah i stole it but i can't i don't know who said it, I don't it was some something i was listening to online so so tell me about your business julie oh well um i actually uh after teaching for a really long time um i found that like the thing i loved most about teaching wasn't actually the instructing part but it was more the part of my job where i was helping people, especially uh, my older students, the college-age students kind of advocate for themselves and fight for themselves, uh, especially LGBTQ students who are kind of being run over and overlooked and kind of lost. So, you know, when it came to a point where I was able to kind of think and evaluate what I wanted to do uh, moving forward, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to look into coaching. Um, and I found a program that actually um, suited what I was looking for. It kind of centered, it had a foundation that I agreed with. Um, and from there, um, I, I you know, got qualified with uh, CBT, uh, convert, uh, um, CBT. Behavior. Yes, yes, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> emotional, uh, emotional, uh, now you're going to have to edit this out. EMDR. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's our, actually REBT, uh, okay. National Emotive Behavioral Therapy. Um, okay. It's kind of the precursor to uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm certified in those. And um, my goal with coaching was to offer something that I hadn't found myself, which would be a safe and non-judgmental way to actually heal and move forward. Um, because I don't know about you, but, um, you know, I've, I, you know, I've gone to therapy and I've had, you know, doctors before who I wasn't 100% sure if they were tolerating me as a person, um, just, and I've had some that just outright said, you know, oh, your problems are because you are delusional about your gender. And, you know, these, these kind of just not even microaggressions, so just flat out blatant. Well, and also very judgmental, right? Yes, yeah, Yeah. because those things have nothing to do with a chemical imbalance in my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I wanted to offer was a safe space for um, the LGBTQ community, especially um, queer, non-binary, trans folks, to come and talk about, okay, how do I overcome this obstacle? How do I shut off this negative voice so that we as a community have stronger, more healthy, more confident members. And they're able to do that knowing that the 
person on the other side of the phone, on the other side of the computer, at least to a very decent extent, understands their life and doesn't judge them for their life because I am living the same life. I don't, I have nothing to say. If you're not hurting someone, you're good with me. Um, I wanted to offer this to people. And also I, I wanted to bring attention to grief and not just as the loss of a person, but as the loss of something we could have had. Mm -hmm. And I feel that this is overlooked when we, as adults in the queer community, realize, okay, I have all these blockages in my head. I have all these negative patterns. Where did this come from? Okay, well, you know what? Losing a person is hard, yes, but losing a life that you could have had because you're being authentic is also a form of grief. It's complex grief. It's, it's, it has the same symptoms and the same neurological effects as grieving the death of a loved one. Yeah, grief and is if we weird. pile these on, mm -hmm. it keeps growing and we are told to accept it. It's, it's something that comes along with coming out. No, bullshit. I don't agree with that. Well, as a grief counselor, I often talk about the grief glass. You know, we keep putting grief in, grief in and we put one after another and after another, and then it overflows. So one of the things I mention a lot of times is that when something happens and you are just devastated by it, but you, you're like, why am I devastated by it? Like a, maybe a community grief or a grief, you know, that like a friend's grief or something like that. And, um, and it, it's because your grief glass is full mm -hmm. and your, you have not, we have not, um, uh, pop, we have not given attention. There's no proper way to grieve. We have not given attention to the griefs that have last, lasted in our lives. So That's when right. you are young queer and you come out, there is a lot of grief around, what you thought your life was going to be, how you were going to, you know, how you were going to live it. You know, sometimes there's questions about whether you're going to have children now, if you're a lesbian couple, for example, or, or a gay couple, really, because it's a lot harder to right. have, have a biological family when you're not straight. Yeah. And um, all those things like that, because if you were always a mom that pictured yourself with two or three kids or something like that. And for the older community who comes out, anybody, you know, who's who's been married and has children, there's a lot of grief around the loss of identity, like of who you were. Um, a lot of times you lose marriages. Um, sometimes you lose family. I mean, just like, you know, it. but the one thing I find, Julie, is no matter when somebody comes out, the experiences are often the same. I agree with you completely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's all this, you know, the the incidences that happen may be different, but the, the experience of coming out is really a universal thing that like every, and we should say letting in, because I'm really starting getting, I'm really starting to push back against coming out because right. I'm like, that gives the power to the, uh, that gives the power to society. And if we say letting in, that gives, we take our power back. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, uh, I would argue that the reason this is so overlooked is because it is so common. Just we we don't deal with the effects. We don't even look to see, okay, how did this impact me? Why am I so anxious at 40, you know, now? Like what what did what caused this? What traumas I, I had a normal life, but those those things that people experience when we come out, you know, um they are like you said, they're so common that I think a lot of us just see them, like I said before, as things we 
that are normal with coming right. out. I mean, I, I lost my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew though I was going to lose my family. Uh, I had to make the decision. You know, there were no GSAs when I was coming out. <laughs> you know, yeah. or letting in. There was nothing like that. Um, you know, they're just randomly assorted queers at random bars. Bars that are random places right. where you found them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a coffee shop in the back, you know, like a secret yeah. Illuminati group. You know, I mean, but I lost friends. I lost my family. Um, I have reconnected with certain members of my family, which is good. Uh, but they're only accepting as long as I don't mention the thing, you know, and I mean, this is something that I've accepted as reality, but that still, it, that doesn't mean it doesn't take a toll, you know, because everyone around me has, oh, I'm going home to see my parents. I'm going to, well, I chose to be myself. And for that, I, I don't have a family, you know, this is, yes. this is what I try to help people with, you know, and that creates negative, you turn that inward. And that's what I'm trying to help people with as a coach. To, to put the blame where the blame is due. It's not in you. It's right. out there. And I want you to see like the strength it took to do that in the face of all the crap that comes with it in this world and all the legislation, all of this hate. It, it took insane strength and bravery. You have that. The fact that it's been turned inward isn't your fault. It's let's get it out. And then you can move forward with a stronger, uh, the truth the perspective that is real and succeed and have more peace and have more clarity, you know, because I want our community to just not just, you know, I'm not going to use the cliche term. I don't want us just, you know, pushing through until the next day. I want more of us to be living amazing lives where, you know, yes, there's a war raging around us, but we have peace inside and we can still move through it. And we know we can. I, you know, I really admire that. I think it's so needed in our community. We need people that will just tell people it's okay, but, but really you're okay. Yeah. You're okay. You're more than okay. You are actually, you know, I use a term, my wife, when she came out, she was a Southern Baptist and um, she really struggled. And, you know, it's so interesting, Julie, because she talks about the first time she was with somebody. She was like 18. It was her prayer partner and the Baptist student. Oh, (laughs) I know. Scandal. But this is this is I wish I was. uh, uh, What was the cheerleader movie? Oh, uh, I wish I. uh, But I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Didn't (laughs) that happen almost? Yeah, but it, but it was one of those things. And, um, but what I what it's interesting, and I, this is really more about the universal experience. After that happened that day, she got up the next morning and she walked across campus and she had a total outer body experience in which she realized that, oh, first of all, unfortunately, she thought she was going to go to hell because oh. she had been raised Southern Baptist. I understand um, that. And and she also said, oh, my life is not going to be the way I thought it was going to be. And she had like and I think that happens like I can tell you about my outer body experience because I was working as a hospice chaplain and this happened about. So my coming out was like a 10 year struggle. It was it was it was long and it was hard. And, you know, it started when I was 42, which is very, very appropriate because in midlife, we start to reflect on our lives and we say, "Okay, I've been told to live this life. But is this the life I was made to live? 
And, and so it was a really, I was in, I was at Yale, I was at Yale Divinity School. I mean, it was a very, very long process. And, um, but I remember when the, this moment and it is, it, it was, I was with a patient. Um, she was one of those patients that signed on to hospice and thought she was going to die the next day. And eight months later, she's still alive. And, and, and Mary said to me, um, that's a pseudonym. Mary said to me, uh, I feel, and she was just impatient and she was ready to go. And she says, I feel like I've been waiting for something my entire life. And it wasn't about her being queer, but I like, it hit me like, Yeah. And I'm, and I was like, oh, I feel like I've been waiting for something my entire life. And that led to a series of events, which is too long to go into on this podcast, but it led to a series of events for me coming out to the third, for the third time to my therapist. And at this point, who was a lesbian, by the way? Yeah, but it didn't because I had come out to her a couple of times, one time before, and she just sort of dismissed it. Because she was a lesbian that came out when she was 20 something. And, you know, I was an old married woman to her. So, you know, she just, yeah, she dismissed it. Um, So anyway, and that, that, that was my moment. So really my outer body experience was sitting there with Mary. And in about a month later, I came out for the third and final time. So it was pretty, um, I, I, as a hospice worker, I do think we are so more interconnected than we think. And so many times in hospice, people would say, well, what, why is she still here? Why is he still here? And I'm like, because it's not just about them. You know, somebody's got a, someone in their, their sphere needs mm. to learn something or experience something because I feel like we are so more, in, we're like a tree with a lot of roots. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree so, we are connected. So tell me about your biggest challenges with your business. Um, Well, my business is new. So right now, my biggest challenge is honestly just getting word out to people who could benefit from what I'm doing, Um, finding those people. Um, I primarily work with people over 30, um, you know, who kind of came up in the same time frame. Frame. Um, You know, uh, who identify as lesbian um, non-binary trans. Uh, and those are the people that, you know, I, I was, I, I focus on anyone in the queer community, but I found that those tend to be the groups that have been ending up finding me the most. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to focus on these people because they keep, you know, turning up for me. Um, so kind of just getting word out and, you know, getting, I'm trying, I don't want to advertise to everyone because this is not for straight people. I love my straight allies. They're great. But the thing is, it's really hard, you know, even with marketing agencies, et cetera, they don't target the queer community. And if they say they can, I don't trust that they know how. So, uh, you know, oh, well, we'll just look up a gay bar. You know, this is not how it works. So yeah. that's, that's kind of been the, been the biggest thing, you know, right now, just getting, getting things out there, which I think is a, a universal struggle. For well, people. I think there's also language. There's also like, like to, for, for the queer people, you know, queer community mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it is not as simple as, um, advertising in a gay bar um (laughs) it's so not 
And also too, like as my, you know, I I've had this coaching business where I've worked with people coming out later in life. Um, what we are dealing with as coaches is that we're dealing with a lot of shame. Yes. I a agree. ton of shame. And so to get through those layers of shame so that, so that people will seek the help, you know, they, because what happens is people don't think they deserve the help, you know, that, and, and you know what, let me add to that, not just deserve, but people don't know that these, that there's something that could be better. They've accepted this as reality and they move forward with it. So, you know, if you have this negative thought pattern that's going on, or, you know, you, you have this routine that, you know, involves, like you said, maybe shame or, or self-hatred or, or some kind of, you know, self-defeating thing, people accept it. Oh, well, this is my brain and there's nothing. I, another thing I can do about it. They don't know that this could be made better. You know, Right. Right. Absolutely. So what's your biggest successes? Who, um, business-wise, my biggest successes, you know, I haven't, like I said, I'm, I'm new, so I haven't had a ton of clients, but you know what? I'm just going to bring up there, there, one client, I'm going to call him Bob. I worked with him and, you know, he was in that kind of self-defeatist situation. And I worked with Bob for six months. And in that time, it, the thing is, he did all this for himself. That's, that's the beautiful thing about coaching. You know, like um, we made a plan for his life to go where he wanted it to go. And he didn't realize he wanted better management skills, better leadership skills, et cetera. But he didn't want the job he was being offered. And he wanted to follow his passion. And, you know, in six months, he ended up turning down the position that he was offered, keeping his current job and actually building his passion. And when we ended our sessions, he was doing like his passion was happening. And that to me is one of my biggest successful moments because, you know, the thing is, I know I, I was there with him, but he did it. And yes. that made me feel amazing that I got to walk with a stranger, but a stranger from our community and watch everything shift from, you know what, I, I can't see anything good to I can see more good than I ever dreamed of seeing. And that was all him. All he needed was to remember. I just reminded him of how awesome he was, you know, I mean, once in a while, this, that, it doesn't take, you know, I mean, it does take skill and, and tools and listening, but people don't realize, they forget how powerful they are. Mm -hmm. And just someone reminding them and say, no, this is, this is your power you're seeing, you know, just be proud of it. You know, that is one of my, my proudest moments. And honestly, being authentic in this industry and for the world and putting myself out there as a non-binary uh, grief and mindset coach and just not hiding that a bit. I know that may seem silly to a lot of people, but you know, the world is very unforgiving right now. And I am proud of that. I'm, I'm proud that I don't have to, I'm in a position where I don't have to for a moment hide who I am, how I look, who I love, how I identify my pronouns, anything. I'm very proud of that as well. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely understand that. <laughs> um, so do you have, you said you had some workshops coming up? Well, um, right now, um, 
I mentioned that my co-coach, uh, Christina Morelli, and I put together a relationship workshop. She did the, a lot of the work on that because that is her specialty. Uh, but we have that workshop coming up in on June 17th um, from 2 to 4 Eastern Standard Time. Um, so there's still spots open for that. Um, it is made for anyone, but again, it is definitely put together for the LGBTQ community. It's a safe space. We do not care who you love. And it's actually, it's really cool because um, Christina and I address not just couples, but how to, it's, it's called strengthen your connections. Um, we actually, it's, um, you can find things on my Facebook about it uh, or contact me, just Julie Scher or Apex Community Coaching, or send me an email for information, but it's on Eventbrite. So um, you can come learn about how to connect with family, how to connect with your siblings that maybe you want a closer relationship with your siblings or your cousins or, you know, whatever you want. It's for all relationship types. Uh, it's just about really giving you tools to communicate, uh, set boundaries in an authentic and healthy way um, that isn't off-putting to those around you. And you know how family can take that, but mm -hmm. you know how to deal with issues that may arise um, in relationships or in communication, um, how to silence your own um, views of self and how like those negative views of self and how those can impact like how we receive other things from people. So turning off that, that negative filter in your head so you can actually receive good and not perceive it as maybe something negative, which is very easy to do. Um, so we have that workshop going and then I offer my own uh, coaching services through my website. Those are all there um, on Apex Community Coaching. Um, so um, those, uh, there are little packages there. You can, anybody can go and look and see what, what I offer there. So, but I am really excited about the workshop. We've, we've had one so far and it was amazing. And then we have the one more coming up in June. So that your website is apexcommunitycoaching.com? Yes, it is. And then uh, people can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I'm Julie Schur or The Queerest Coach. Um, the Queerest I, Coach. I had, to, I had to go over the top of that. I love that. And sure is spelled S-C-H-U-R, not S-U-R-E. So it's oh. Julie Schur, S-C-H-U-R. Two R's. Two R's. Oh, we're, we're missing an R on the on her. Uh, on I her. Have to double up. You have I to have double, to up. double up. Yes, definitely. You always go over the top, right? The queerest coach. Two R's. Well, the queer the queer coach was taken, so I was yeah. like, fine, I'll be the queerest. I'm I'm down. So I love that. <laughs> I really love that. So, Julie, what would be your piece of advice to? I'm just going to skip the um the like. To somebody who is like queer mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, wait a minute, I can do this. I want to do this. I want to help our community. Right. What would be your piece of advice? Oh man, go help the community. Do it. Find a way to do it. Like if that hits you and you feel something for it, do it. Don't worry about anything past that moment. Just take that step. Go help the community. You know, in if you can shift directions whenever you want, grow it however you want, get out there and do it because that's valuable. We need more people who think that way. 
and want to do things like that. And, you know, also when you're doing that, take care of yourself as well. So you don't pour out more than you have in. Just refill once in a while. Yeah, I always feel that people that are in the helping professions need a helping professional to it's help. True. So I have a therapist. I do um, the workshops mm-hmm. like um, Christine, Kristen Neff and her her cohort is doing a workshop that I just signed up for about shame. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's free. Um, uh, you know, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this because I work with so many people that, um, really struggle with shame, you know, and, and what I find that's really interesting in the later life community is like, um, you know, first of all, they have shame that they're gay, but then they also have shame that they didn't figure it out earlier that they didn't, you know, that they, they worry that they'll be, they feel like imposters because they didn't suffer much. And I'm always like, honey, you were in the closet for 30 years. That's a lot of that's suffering. suffering. Yeah. yeah. You, you've, paid, you've paid your dues. You've paid right. your dues. Yeah. Exactly. So, Julie, sure. I've enjoyed this conversation. I so much. yeah, I love talking to somebody who understands this and what we do and you find i go find julie sure at what is your website well apex community coaching.com uh they can also find me on facebook under julie sure s-c-h-u-r-r or on most social media under the queerest coach or coach julie um i'm trying to consolidate all those right now but i like many many names um, they can also email me at coachjuliesher at gmail.com. Like I'm available. I'm, I'm reachable in many ways, shapes and forms. So, and we will have this all in our show notes, show notes. So if you listen to this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to her. Um, then you will be able to find all the information. Oh, in the show notes. Can I mention something? Thank you. I, I just thought of this. If you want, if you know nothing about coaching, but you want to kind of get an idea, I I never start out without a free session. So if you want to kind of figure out what it could do for you, get a hold of me and I do a free 20 to 30 minute session just so you can figure out, is this for me? Because if it is, great. If it's not, better for both of us, right? So, you know, feel free to get in, get in touch with me for that as well. Thank you so much, Julie, for coming on the show today. I really love this conversation. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.